This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Madhumita Santanam. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. We are in a COVID-19 surge, New Mexico. We need to continue following safety protocols to protect each other. Tonight, Courtney Lovato, a pharmacist who currently works with the New Mexico Department of Health, speaks with us about COVID-19 protocols, vaccines, boosters, and treatments. Then, we are so excited to hear from longtime GJ member Carmen Gallegos, co-host of the podcast Not Your Poppies, which discusses politics and women in history. We also have some community events and COVID-19 info to protect you as you attend these events. Our first song of the program is El Valse Emiliano by Lon Pinon, a song that celebrates the beautiful musical culture in New Mexico. What COVID-19 treatments are available to New Mexico? Courtney Lovato, pharmacist from the New Mexico Department of Health, will tell us everything we need to know about COVID-19 therapeutics and how to access them. Courtney attended the UNM College of Pharmacy and graduated in 2014 and worked in the private sector until 2019. Courtney has been involved in the early vaccine rollout demobilizing sites to keep Pfizer vaccines at low temperatures, and the distribution of COVID-19 treatments. Here's GJ member Barbara Ramirez speaking with Courtney Lovato. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with pharmacist Courtney Lovato from the New Mexico Department of Health. Courtney Lovato was born and raised in Santa Fe. She attended the UNM College of Pharmacy, Courtney worked in the private sector for several years, and in 2019, just a few months before the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, transitioned to the New Mexico Department of Health. Courtney Lovato, welcome to Generation Justice. Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. Of course, we're so glad to have you here on GJ. Would you please tell us more about yourself? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was born and raised here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, attended, as you mentioned, the UNM College of Pharmacy. And um, in 2018, I had the opportunity to come work with New Mexico Department of Health. And boy, was that uh, jumping into the frying pan right be before the COVID pandemic. And I've been so grateful to work with such a wonderful team at Department of Health. Uh, we've been involved in a lot of very interesting projects throughout the pandemic. Um, New Mexico has been very focused on health equity. And one of the projects that we were involved in was um, making sure that when COVID vaccine was first approved and we had such a limited quantity that we could get it to all of our hospitals uh, with the vaccine having such uh, rigid storage requirements. So we set up a, a distribution center and were able to rapidly um, scale that down as it became more readily available. And then I, I transitioned into assisting with COVID treatments as those became available. And um, boy, uh, we are very lucky at the advancements uh, that they have made in medications and vaccines uh, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. It has been really uh, spectacular seeing the advancements that have been made uh, to get us vaccines so quickly and get us such effective treatment. So I'm very happy to talk to you about those today. Thank you so much, Courtney. We are so grateful to have you and thank you for sharing more about those vaccine distribution plans. And, and I'm excited to learn more about the treatments in a little bit. So 
Could you please tell us about the history of vaccines? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, first vaccine was really uh, for smallpox. It was uh, Dr. Edward Jenner in back in the 1796. Uh, but he, what he noticed was that milkmaids weren't getting smallpox, uh, that they were the only ones in the community that uh, were immune from smallpox. And he put together, it's because they, they were experienced, they had cow, uh, cowpox. And so uh, the very first uh, vaccination that we had was when uh, Dr. Edward Jenner gave a 13-year-old boy, exposed him to cowpox so that he wouldn't have uh, smallpox, which is more severe. And, and since then, uh, we have a number of different types of vaccines that have become available and uh, technologies that have changed in order to improve the immune response to vaccines and decrease the symptoms that patients experience when they receive a vaccine. Thank you so much for providing that background and history of vaccines. What is the difference between the vaccines and the booster shots? What we have is a um, primary series. So any vaccine that you receive, uh, for example, Pfizer, it's it's two doses is your primary series. A booster shot is an additional shot that is given uh, several months after you've completed your primary series. The booster vaccine helps to increase your immune response because what they were finding is that COVID vaccines were, were very effective. Uh, during the initial studies, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, for example, was over 90% effective in reducing uh, severe symptoms, serious illness, hospitalization, and death. With time, they were finding that the immune response was decreasing, and so it essentially primes the immune system, helps it to remember um, the COVID-19 vaccine and boost that immune response so that you can have a very strong and timely um, immune response. And this is important to note that Individuals uh, may have a different primary series. If you're immune compromised, your primary series for Pfizer vaccine is actually three doses and not just two doses. And people who are immune compromised are now eligible for a second booster dose because immune compromised individuals are at the greatest risk for serious illness and hospitalization and are at risk for not having as good of immune response to the COVID vaccines. And so they really, really need to come in and get additional booster vaccines. Um, in addition to those who are immune compromised, um, people over the age of 50 years also do not produce as strong of immune response to vaccinations. They're also eligible for not only one, but two boosters and so they should come in for their second booster vaccination. Thank you, Courtney. What do we know so far about the COVID-19 variants? What is a variant and how does a variant evolve? COVID, uh, any, any virus is constantly evolving. What viruses are very good at is quickly replicating and many viruses are RNA viruses. So. Uh, when you have an RNA virus, it's not very good at doing spell check and you get um, small mutations in the DNA sequence. Sometimes those mutations are bad for the virus in that they will uh, cause the virus to be uh, less virulent. It, it may not be good at infecting people. It, might actually uh, prevent the virus uh, from forming. And usually those type of mutations die out. If there is a mutation in a virus that provides a benefit to the virus, it makes it spread faster. Uh, it helps it replicate faster. It, it helps it in any way. Then those sort of uh, mutations are usually incorporated and, and you start to see them become more prevalent. What we currently have is the Omicron variant. And the reason that that variant is so successful 
is that it spreads very easily. And so um, that's kind of the, the background as to how a variant is produced and, and how it spreads. When we look at variants and whether a variant impacts a vaccine immunity, it, it has a lot to do with the spike protein. As I mentioned earlier, all of our vaccines are creating or targeting a spike protein on the COVID-19 virus. And that's how the, the immune system is recognizing the COVID-19 virus is by creating antibodies for that spike protein. If you have mutations in the virus's genetic code that cause it to have a lot of mutations on that spike protein, that can really impact how well our vaccines work against uh, the COVID-19 virus. And so uh, with each new variant, uh, they, they are constantly evaluating our vaccine's efficacy for that variant. Um, when vaccines were first created, um, Pfizer was over 90% effective, and I believe Moderna is over 92% effective. What we did see with Omicron is that there was a slight drop in the efficacy of the vaccines against the Omicron variant because of the mutations um, affecting that spike protein. However, uh, COVID-19 vaccines are still very effective at preventing severe disease and preventing hospitalization and death. We do see because of those mutations and the decreased efficacy on the vaccines that some people may experience breakthrough cases in particular with the Omicron variant because they're not getting as strong as an immune response. We're not having as much efficacy, but it's still very important to get vaccinated because the vaccines are still very good at preventing serious illness, hospitalization, and death. You mentioned the Omicron variant. Are there any other current variants? What do we know about them? And what are the concerns about those variants? Absolutely. Um, so uh, the CDC actually has a, a variant tracker webpage. They are tracking a large number of variants across the world. And in addition to uh, the major variants, they actually they track the sublineages of these variants. So there's quite a few variants um, that are, are being tracked by the CDC. Um, they also track the proportion of the variants in the United States, um, and they use modeling to determine which variants are the most predominant. I'm looking at our region, uh, which includes uh, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, and Texas. And what we are seeing primarily is the Omicron variant. And they are tracking the, the sublineages because those sublineages may have, especially when it comes to treatment, may have different responses and to the antibodies or may have different efficacy in terms of a vaccine. Uh, what's concerning about the Omicron variant is how quickly it spreads. So we should continue to take precautions, uh, washing hands, wearing masks, especially in large crowds. I know that um, everyone, including me, is ready for COVID to be over, um, but it's still important, especially when you're in environments with a lot of people, to take precautions um, to wear your mask, uh, wash your hands, to get your booster dose if, if you're eligible for it. Um, the good thing about Omicron is that it is a milder form of the disease and less people are seeming to get severely ill or hospitalized. And where can people go to stay up to date with those variants? There are a couple of different resources. Um, they can go to the CDC's um, webpage. They have a COVID variant tracker. It, it produces very great images that you can see what the predominant variants are and how that's changing. The state also has uh, wonderful resources on our cd.nmhealth.org webpage. Uh, we have on the upper right-hand corner 
uh, you can find our epidemiology department reports and those have our case counts. It has variants of concern um, and that's great because it's specific to New Mexico. Awesome. Would you please share about the available COVID-19 treatments and therapeutics? Yeah, absolutely. There are many COVID-19 treatments available. If for some reason uh, you have to be hospitalized, uh, the hospital does have uh, treatments there. But more importantly, um, treatments are available that you can take from home, that you can take at first sign of your symptoms. Um, it is important if you have COVID-19 or you think that you have symptoms of COVID-19 that you get tested as soon as possible. Because if you test positive for COVID, you should talk to your doctor about receiving um, treatment. Oral treatments are available and they can be taken from the convenience of your home and they're very effective. And um, they're over 88% effective in reducing hospitalization and death. However, they have to be taken within five days of your symptom onset. So you don't have a lot of time um, you shouldn't wait until you feel really ill to ask your doctor about what treatment is right for you. The most effective treatment is called Paxlovid. Paxlovid, as I mentioned, is 88% effective. In addition to Paxlovid, because that might not be right for everyone, there's a number of drug interactions that it may have. So if you are on other medications, um, that may not be the medication for you. There's also a monoclonal antibody called bedtolovimab that's available at most of the outpatient areas of the hospital. Additionally, there's another oral medication called molnupiravir. Molnupiravir does not have uh, drug interactions. It is only 30% effective at reducing hospitalization or death, but it is another available treatment option. It is not a medication for those uh, who are pregnant or if you're planning to become pregnant, it's not a medication for you. COVID-19 treatment isn't just for those who think that they're at a very high risk of being seriously ill, you, you don't have to be very feeble to receive these medications. They are for those patients who are at risk of severe disease, but that includes people with asthma. That includes people with diabetes, people who are overweight. It includes people who are 50 years or older. So a lot of New Mexicans qualify for these life-saving treatments. Courtney, how can the New Mexico community access these treatments including those who do not have an active primary care doctor? The New Mexico community can access um, COVID-19 treatment, vaccine, and testing information on our webpage, cvnmhealth.org. There on our main page, there are three windows. If you need access to testing, it has a number of testing providers. If you need a vaccination and you're eligible for a COVID-19 booster dose, or you've never received a vaccine and you want to get vaccinated today, um, you can also go on that web page to find a list of providers. Um, also, your local pharmacies, all of the local pharmacies at this point have COVID-19 vaccine. And to your question, uh, COVID-19 treatment has a section on our homepage and we have a number of resources for patients. We have a list of providers who offer telehealth services. So even if you're in a rural area or you don't want to leave your home um, because you have COVID-19, uh, you can get seen uh, via telehealth service. Uh, we also have a list of providers where you can be seen in the office um, who accept COVID-19 patients who don't have primary care physicians. You prefer to have a face-to-face -face interaction. And we also have uh, providers that offer test to treat which is a program where uh, they will provide you a COVID-19 test. If you're positive, they'll evaluate you for potential treatment options, and then actually give you your treatment at the office, a one-stop shop. All of those resources are very easily accessible. That webpage or homepage is cv.nmhealth.org. Thank you for offering those resources. Mm -hmm. Courtney, can you talk about long COVID? 
what is long COVID and what are the impacts of long COVID? Absolutely. Um, uh, long COVID is when you continue to have symptoms of COVID-19 or um, long lasting healthcare implications as a result of your COVID-19 illness. It is more common in those who have had severe COVID-19 disease and those who are unvaccinated, although anybody can have long COVID. Um, some examples of long COVID are um, di continued difficulty breathing. Um, some people will have a loss of smell for a prolonged period of time, and it may be weeks, it may be months, it may be indefinitely. Um, some of the greatest impacts of long COVID are um, sometimes kidney impairment, uh, heart complications, long-term breathing issues. The best way to protect yourself from long COVID is to get a COVID-19 vaccine. As I mentioned before, severe COVID-19 disease and those who are unvaccinated are the greatest risk factors for having long COVID. And so the best thing that you can do to protect yourself from this is to get a COVID-19 vaccine if you're unvaccinated or get a booster if you're eligible for one. What resources are available to those who are experiencing long COVID and where can they go to find more information? Resources that are available for patients who have long COVID include the CDC webpage. The CDC has a webpage that they update regularly with information regarding long COVID or post-COVID symptoms. If someone is experiencing what they believe to be long COVID, it is very important that they be evaluated by their primary care physician. So if you believe that you have long-term COVID, please talk to your primary care physician, or if you do not have a primary care physician, please look at that same page that I referenced earlier, the cvnmhealth.org, and reach out to one of our providers uh, regarding your ongoing symptoms so that they can connect you to care. Thank you so much, Courtney. After someone has received the full dose of the vaccine and the booster shots, that they qualify for. What are the health safety precautions that you still need to do? Uh, it's still recommended that you wash your hands regularly, um, that you wear masks when you're in large crowds or that you avoid large crowds, especially with a COVID-19 surge. This is most important to take these healthcare precautions or these safety precautions for those who are at high risk of severe disease. So if you are older, over the age of 50 years, if you have um, multiple um, disease states, conditions, medical conditions, or if you're immune suppressed for any reason, it's especially important that you wash your hands, you wear a mask, that you avoid large gatherings. COVID-19 vaccine is, is very effective at reducing the risk for serious illness and hospitalization, but it, it's important that you take those safety precautions uh, to avoid uh, getting COVID-19 disease. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to speak to you and to share information regarding COVID-19 vaccines and treatments. Thank you so much. We're really grateful to have your expertise as a pharmacist here on Generation Justice and really grateful for all the hard work that the New Mexico Department of Health have been doing in distributing the vaccine and, and all the resources that are available for New Mexicans. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Thank you, Courtney Lovato, for sharing your knowledge about COVID-19, the history and efficacy of vaccines, and more. I have a greater understanding and awareness of the virus and the pandemic as a whole. And now we'll listen to Blue Moon by Ella Fitzgerald, chosen by our guest, 
Courtney Lovato. Welcome back to Generation Justice. Do you know about the podcast, Not Your Bopies? This evening, Carmen Gallegos, a longtime GJ member, sits down with Generation Justice to discuss her experience working on this podcast with Laura Ordonez. Not Your Bopies podcast discusses politics, social justice issues, and women in history. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with longtime DJ family member, Carmen Gallegos. She's the co-host of Not Your Puppies podcast, A Mother, and she enjoys history and storytelling. Carmen, welcome to Generation Justice. Hola, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. And hi to everyone in the Generation Justice family. It's been so, so long. We're so excited to have you back on the DJ Airwaves, Carmen. Please tell us more about yourself. Oh my goodness, what can I tell you about me? Um, it's been, I guess, wow, if I, I'm gonna really date myself, but I think it's been about 15 years since I, you know, I, I was a participant in the program. And uh, since then I went to school, I did a little bit of college, then I didn't like it, then I stayed in it. Oh my God, I just, it was conflicting until I found something that I liked, which was social work. Um, so I went to school for that and then I had a little baby. And so my world turned around and my focus was my son. So it's been the most rewarding thing in the world, right? Having my my little guy and me, he's uh, he turned seven years old um, on the 19th of April. So it's been just a lot of fun seeing him grow up. And most recently I started getting back into something I really loved, which was story storytelling, um, but doing it through um, a podcast, which I co-host, which is called Not Your Bobby's Podcast. So it's a little bit about me. Thank you so much for sharing that. Would you please tell us about your journey in radio? My journey in radio, it, it all started when I was around... 14 years old. Um, I was a high school student at a very, one of the low income areas in Santa Fe. And Judy Goldberg walks into our, off our school and is talking about this opportunity for radio. And I'm like, what does, what is this? It sounded really cool. And I was like, a lot of kids are going to be into it. So um, what really caught my attention is that you had the opportunity to get college credit. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll, do, I'll get college credit. I'll get community service. And then I'll do something that I've never done before. This sounds really cool. Um, when I went there, there was only like three of us. And I was like the only little Latina there. And I'm like, okay, también, cool. And my little story was about my quinceañera porque I was planning and I was prepping my quince. Uh, and I just stuck with it. I fell in love with like writing a story and then producing it, editing it, adding music in the background, uh, and then presenting it to different people. From then, I, um, I really gravitated towards this opportunity. It gave me something to do after school. I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't, um, you know, doing bad things I would typically do. So it kept me, it kept me good for a really long time. And then I moved to Albuquerque. And through that connection, I met Roberta. And so that's where my, that's where my story with uh, Generation, at the time we were called um, Youth Radio. So um, yeah, that's where it all started. It's been a while. That's so amazing um, that you thought that more youth would be interested in this opportunity and you found yourself with only two other people. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that story. Tell us about the podcast, Not Your Puppies podcast. So Not Your Puppies podcast is a podcast where me and my best friend, 
we sit down, we catch each other up on like what's going on in our personal life. So the co-host, she's also Laura Ordoñez. She is the mother of two kids and she's, she's a single mom. And so we talk about our kids. We talk about like mental, like our experiences with like mental um, wellness and what we're doing to take care of ourselves. We, and we also, um, the big meat and potatoes of it is telling each other a story. So she tells me a story of somebody, I probably, a woman I probably haven't heard in, in history. And it can be from anybody, anywhere in the world. And then I tell her my story as well. So it's so much fun learning about women that don't necessarily have a platform. And we, we really enjoy it because, you know, we'll hear about, um, you know, Frida Kahlo and Rosa Parks, but very few times have I heard about Marsha P. Johnson, or have I heard about, um, uh, it, even when from Santa Fe, it was a story I covered. It was my first story, actually, um, Doña Tules. And so, you know, it's just so much fun learning about. Thank you so much, uh, Carmen. I love Not Your Puppies podcast. I feel like it's a great way of learning about history, but also learning about life and just hearing somebody else share experiences that are day-to-day -day experiences that are important. Um, so I enjoy hearing your platicas. Um, also, Laura, yeah, you, you guys have great conversations and at the same time, educate the audience because many times I don't know who these great women were either, but at the end of the podcast, I do. What were some of the challenges in putting together this podcast? Uh, I think the biggest one, and um, it's believing that you have a concept, um, believing that you have... Um, you know, material. I think material, especially in the world of podcasting, everybody has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast about anything, right? Um, you, I think right now there, it's a really interesting time because everybody's like so in, into like murder crimes and mysteries and like, you know, all that. And that's super fascinating. That's how I started listening to podcasts because I'm like, Ooh, creepy stuff. Ooh, you know, matoncillos. I want to hear more, but you know, also it's, I was like, well, everybody's doing that. What do I not hear enough of? And I think from a, a Latina perspective, it is, you know, these untold stories. And so um, do we have material that interests a, the public? Do we have the equipment? You know, do we have a microphone that's going to work? Do we know how to edit? Oh my God. Are we, how are we going to do this? Because my Laura is in El Paso and I'm in Albuquerque. How are we going to manage this? So it's like kind of coming over the hurdles and then listening back to, you know, your episode and being like, ay Dios, how come I don't have a filter? Ay Dios, por qué hablo tanto? Ay Dios, did I really have to talk about that situation? So I think it's, it's, it's chaotic and no matter what, I would love to say that, you know, we get into a drawing board and we have questions, pero no, amiga, you know, we just sit there and like we said, we, we really get into the nitty gritty of it. And we just kind of roll with the punches. I love learning more about it um, from, from this perspective. Um, Carmen, we actually have a clip from 2007 when you attended the first U.S. social forum. And oh then you came back and you told us your experience. Hi, Are we going to listen to it? Oh, I recently had the opportunity to take a trip to Atlanta, Georgia for the first ever social forum held in the United States. I'll be honest, getting off the plane, I wasn't sure what I was there for. Yeah, I read a couple of articles and heard people in my ear telling me how this experience was going to change the way I think about life. I heard great things. But hearing is not the same thing as knowing. As soon as we arrived to Atlanta, the first thing we had to do is get to work. We barely had a chance to grab a bite before we began to hit the streets to attend this march. And it wasn't a big deal. What, there'd only be 100, maybe 200 people? Well, was I in a surprise? More than 10,000 people from around the country were there marching and chanting for what they believed was just and necessary in their community and across the country. Never in my life had I ever seen so many faces, so many colors, so many passionate people together 
and united for a same cause. Then it hit me. I'm here because I have dreams and hopes of one day making this country a better place for my children and my children's children. I need to leave this world better than when I got it. I wasn't just seeing 10,000 people anymore. I was part of 10,000 people. And I was part of a revolution that was evolving right before my eyes. But I was curious, what drove these people here today to be here today? What was their inspiration? Or better yet, who was their inspiration? So as a youth producer, I asked several of them, who is your favorite revolutionary and why? Here is what I learned about the brave leaders and revolutionaries who initiated the odyssey of believing that one day everyone can stand under one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. My favorite revolutionary is Jose Maria Sison um, because he is a man who has lived by his principles and for the people. And actually, he is also a poet. And it's been poems that have opened my mind and my heart to um, revolutionary work for the people. Actually, I'm going to share this poem of another youth named Emmanuel Lacaba. It's called Open Letter to Filipino Artists. And this is uh, my favorite poem. We are tribeless, and all tribes are ours. We are homeless, and all homes are ours. We are nameless, and all names are ours. To the fascists, we are the faceless enemy, who come, thieves in the night, angels of death, the ever-moving, shining, secret eye of the storm, the road less traveled by we've taken, and that has made all the difference. The barefoot army of the wilderness, we all should be in time. Awakened, the masses are Messiah. Here, among workers and peasants, our lost generation has found its true, its only home. Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds so what is your reaction to this memory and this experience? Oh, geez, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, what's the word in English for nostalgia? Nostalgia? <laughs> it's not that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a <clears throat> nostalgia because I was so little, right? And I had, um, I had, I had been put into this experience of seeing a bigger world than I grew up in, and being there, um, being exposed to many people who who think like me. I never had that experience. Um, my reactions are, I was very well-spoken. I could tell I was a great writer. What happened to me? <laughs> um, I, I hope that little Carmen is proud of who I've become to be today. I can only hope. When I heard that clip, I was I was so inspired and I couldn't believe you attended the first ever U.S. social forum. I was like, what? Carmen was there. Um, and as a newer Generation Justice member, I've been with DJ since 2017, 10 years after that clip was recorded. Wow. Um, it's so inspiring to, to see longtime Generation Justice members and where life takes you. And I must say that you're a great storyteller. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel that same essencia in your podcast. Thank you so much. That means a lot. You know, it, it, it's, it's funny um, because a lot of people listen to what they did you know, when they're younger and they'll cringe almost. And I think the other way around, I, I can only, um, you know, I, I'm so proud of, 
of the little girl that I was. I'm so proud of the investment that I had in the mentors that I had around me, that there was always somebody that saw something inside of me and believed in me and never gave up on me. Uh, even when I didn't believe in myself, even when I wanted to give up. And if it wasn't for those people around me, if it wasn't for Roberta, um, Judy Goldberg, if it wasn't for people that, um, that you know, saw something, I, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't, I mean, the Katu Not Your Papi's podcast, right? Maybe I wouldn't be raising my son the way I am. You know, maybe I wouldn't be contributing. And I said, my hope is to leave the world better than the way I found it. And when I heard that, I'm like, am I doing that? And I think so. I think I am. Even raising the next generation, I know that I'm giving my son the tools and the resources and that strength to believe in himself to be whatever he wants to be. Anything. So I think I am. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think you you have changed the world, Carmen. Uh, even uh, for a person like me listening to your clips from when you were um, a, a more active member of Generation Justice. Um, and it's it's just so inspiring. I'm, I'm very excited to be speaking with you. And I also find it interesting that you talked about like the next generation, the future, and, and you even mentioned children and the children of your children. And, and now you're a mom, it's already the future. So <laughs> it's crazy. It's fast. <laughs> 10 years, I'll be interviewing you about your children and how you're raising your the next generation. So it's just a circle. Yeah. So what do you carry with you from that time in your life? Hmm. It's a really good question. Um, uh, what do I carry with myself today? I think the spunk, the spice, the the not putting my head down, the not giving up, the, the hustle girl. Like I, I, I still carry that, that spirit, that energy with me. And yeah, it'll always be with me. It's a hard question to answer. It's a really hard question to answer on the spot. So yeah, but I think that's, that's what I still have with me. Carmen, what is the most important message you want to let our audience know? You know, I, I stopped being in the radio world when I was 23, maybe. So I was probably in it for a good nine years. And I left in a very, in a, in a very sudden way and closed my doors, like completely shut myself out of the possibility of doing it again um, for, for personal reasons, for emotional reasons, whatever have you. And I would think about like, how can I ever, you know, when, when the, when the little vocecita dentro de ti dice, you, you love that you loved doing something. How, why don't you do something that's reminiscent? It doesn't necessarily have to do that. Right. But your hunger to have, uh, an impact or to have a message out somewhere is, is it in, inside of you. With, you don't have to be this revolutionary, right? You're not, you know, you're not going to be the next Gandhi and that's okay. But just maybe sharing a little bit of piece of you is, is going to make a difference in, in the world. But it, I was so afraid of going back into it. I was afraid of the editing. <laughs> It'll circle back to the editing. I was so afraid of what message do I want to get, right? What perspective, what perception um, until I did it. Doing it is the hardest part. Doing it once is the hardest part. And then you do it again and it's it's like falling in love all over again, you know, with the same with the same person. And it's the best person for you with your first love. So if you, you know, don't be hard on yourself for aging because even when you're 14, you're gonna age. You're gonna be 30 one day. You're gonna be 40, you're gonna be 50, you're gonna be a grandparent. So, you know, go back and do whatever you love. Time shouldn't be an obstacle. That's such a beautiful message. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that message and I'll carry it with me um, <laughs> as a 21-year-old. So, <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find more information about Not Your Puppies podcast? Not Your Puppies podcast is available on uh, most like popular streaming services. So it's definitely available on Spotify. It's definitely available on Apple Music. But if you guys want to follow us in our journey, 
if you guys want to follow us in our journey and what we do, uh, we have an Instagram page and we're super, super active on it. And it's so much easier to just get in touch with um, our listeners. We also um, have descriptions. Laura is so good at this, you guys. Laura takes all the credit for this one because she is so good at posting like the bios and the stories that we covered. Um, she's excellent at that. So if you guys want to get to know more about the women that we've covered throughout history, that's a really great way of doing it. And if you have a suggestion for a powerful woman throughout history that you would like to hear us cover from our perspective. Now, again, this is all very from our perspective. <laughs> um, let us know. We're also always open to suggestions. Thank you. Um, thank, thank you for sharing more about that. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, no, I'm just, again, I'm, I'm very grateful for being here, for having the opportunity and to, uh, you know, cycling back over here. And it's so much, it's such a pleasure and such an honor to be back on, on the radio waves. It's been an honor to interview you today, Carmen. I loved having the opportunity to speak with you. I'm, gr I'm grateful that you're producing media. I'm grateful for the pieces of uh, audio that we have in our archives, like this amazing clip from the U.S. Social Forum that you attended. And desde el fondo de mi corazón, I'm just really happy. Soy tu fan, casi. <laughs> Ay, no me digas eso que se me sube. Te digo, luego te mando para las Coca-Colas. No, um... No, you, you're amazing. The, the work that you're doing is fantastic. And if anything, I look up to you. So the feeling is very mutual. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank you so much Carmen. And we are really proud of you here at Generation Justice. Esta siempre será tu casa. Ay, qué bonito se escucha. Siempre. <laughs> Thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Thank you, Carmen Gallegos, for sharing about your podcast, Not Your Poppies, and for bringing awareness towards incredible women throughout our history, important social justice issues, and more. We bring you a song chosen by our guest, Carmen Gallegos, called Un Mundo Raro by Ivan Rosa. Are you interested in learning about some of the upcoming events going on in New Mexico? Want to learn about Islamic architecture, immigration, and intersectionality? The art exhibition entitled Mysterious Inner Worlds by Anila Kayam Aga at the UNM Art Museum reflects just this. It is open till July 2nd, 2022, Tuesdays through Fridays from 11 o'clock a.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. and Saturdays from 10 o'clock a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. For more information, visit artmuseum.unm.edu. That's artmuseum.unm.edu. Finally, are you interested in an artist talk? Listen to Delilah Montoya speak about her art journey. The talk will take place at Albuquerque Museum on June 26, 2022 from 1 o'clock p.m. to 2 o'clock p.m. For more information, visit www.cabq.gov. That's www.cabq.gov. That's all for our events and our activities. The COVID-19 pandemic is not over. In fact, we've seen a rise in COVID-19 cases in our state. In order to do the right thing for yourself, your loved ones, and your community, here's an important reminder. Wear your mask, get vaccinated, boosted, and make sure you're maintaining social distancing protocols at all times. 
Is it time for your booster shot? If you or someone you know is not yet vaccinated or needs to get boosted, please visit vaccinenm.org. That's vaccinenm.org. The pandemic is not over. Keep you and others safe by getting up to date with your vaccination and continuing to wear a mask. Stay safe, New Mexico. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guests, Courtney Lovato and Carmen Gallegos. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rayel and Barbara Ramirez with production assistance from Angel Baker Guillen, Sunandita Santana, and myself, Madhumita Santana. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to youth, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Cone Alma Health Foundation, NMDOH Better Together, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night includes Hunger Pains by Wake Self and Defy. I am Madhumita Santana. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, stay safe and healthy. Never would have made it without the people that never thought we could. Never had a back to start. Now you want to act a part. Nah, we good. Setbacks are so frequent. We brushed them off and proceeded. It's hard work and good intentions. They fit together cohesive. This for everybody. We gon' make proud of us. Promoters that ain't calling us. Tell them. We never paid to play those shows. Never bought no fake followers. Docs about us are falsified. We on the rise and I'm not surprised. From all the times that we was on the grind. Everybody wonder when we fall or fly. How far I'ma go? That's up to me. Am I gonna make it? That's up to me. Keep on waking up another day. So open your eyes. Be it alive.